a great way to start off a week, just coming and, and being able to uh, start our week off this way. And so welcome. I want to say first welcome to um, all those on tuned in through online, through our social media podcasts, and through our uh, Facebook Live. Uh, thanks for tuning in, listening, and watching. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, or this week, whenever you are listening. And it's great. We have people that tune in all around the, the country. Um, and last week, because of New Year's, we had a lot of people that couldn't make it. And so we, that was one of the most watched services that we've ever had, is people watching in. And, and, and they, were, they, were, they were thrilled they were able to see the service, even though they weren't here, and be able to be with us to start it. And so we're, we're, we're glad you're, you're with us. We're in part two of, of a series called Fit 17. And uh, we're, um, I'm just going to review, and then we're going to talk about what today is about. Um, the reason we're doing a, a series called Fit 17, and here's the thing. We're not talking about physical fitness, although that's important. Uh, we've talked about that in the past a little bit. Uh, we're not talking about financial fitness, although that's important. Um, relational fitness, uh, all those different ones, occupational fitness, those are important to have, to be healthy in. Uh, we're talking about spiritual fitness. And what would it look like in 2017 if we begin to focus on this area that is a lot of times neglected and, and ignored? Um, and honestly, a lot of times we feel guilty for it because we know we should be doing something. Well, today, this this series, we're trying to give you tools to say, hey, don't feel guilty. It's not about being about, it's not about feeling guilty. It's about doing something and beginning to act on it. And so we're going to give you that. So we said this about being spiritually fit. Being spiritually fit is going to lead to the ability not just to cope with life. That's important. We should be able to cope with life because it's hard sometimes. It's not just to cope with life, but it's, it's to help us to really enjoy life, to live the life that God wants us to live. When you're spiritually healthy and spiritually fit, um, you will actually be able to not just cope with life, but you'll be able to live a better life than you, than you ever dreamed of, the Bible says. That's the promise that God gives us. When you follow his way, he will help us live a life than you, a better life than you ever dreamed of. I'm living it. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm spiritually fit all the time. I, I'm a work in progress. But when I, when I do focus and I do practice and I do work on these things, life really does click the way it's supposed to, even when it's hard. It's like, okay, I can make it to these things because I'm doing the right things. So he said it's about being able to really live the life God wants us to enjoy life. Um, overall, health is good. It's important. But overall, we're talking about spiritual fitness. Last week was the first message. We talked about what it means to build a life on something that's solid, a solid foundation. Uh, one Jesus is teaching the wise and the foolish builder. One is the wise and builds it on a solid foundation. The foolish one builds it on sand. When, when tough times come, the person that's built on the rock on a solid foundation, the, the life stands. The one that's not, the life crumbles. And so we said this. It's about putting first things first and second things second. You know, walls are second things. A roof is a second thing. Foundation is... The foundation is always the first thing. And when we focus on the first things, the second things will always take care of themselves and they'll be good. When we focus only on second things, the outcomes and the results, um, and we neglect the first things, we will lose both. So if you do the first things, you'll get the first things and the second things. And if you only do second things, you'll lose both of them is what we talked about last week. So if you missed it, go and listen. And you can catch up on our, on our, um, on our webpage or um, you can find it there. So the challenge I gave last week was to do, do something very simple this year, to be spiritually fit. Start doing two, two disciplines, two things that are really important. Just begin to pray and begin to read and don't complicate it start start simple and, and make it a habit where it's part of your routine of saying all right if i'm gonna be spiritually fit i need to have i need to have conversation with god and i need to learn what he wants me to say and that's through, through reading our bible uh, because we come on sundays this is one of the ways you grow is coming into church but I, i'll tell you the truth you won't be able to survive coming to church one one week you won't become spiritually healthy by just listening to god's word one time a week you have to learn to be able to process this and do this it's part of the maturing process you know my kids 
if they only eat when we feed them, um, there would be times they don't eat. They have to learn to say, all right, I need to make myself a bowl of cereal and eat, eat breakfast because I, otherwise I'm not going to eat. And sometimes they come in and like, I'm hungry. Well, have you eaten breakfast? Well, no, you didn't make it for me. Well, that's part of the maturing process, right? They have to learn. Like, hey, you're big enough. Here's, here's a spoon, you know, and there's a bowl, and you can do it. That's kind of what I'm saying now. I'm trying to tell you, right? It's a, it's a good, good, good. There's a bowl. It's called the Bible. <laughs> Your eyes, you can, you can read it. Just, just do it. Go, go it'll, it'll help you. So that was last week. Today, I want to give us some, a tool to be able to see how to be able to do this, right? Because it can be overwhelming. Anytime you try to become healthy in every, every, any area of life, it can be overwhelming. You know, how many of you guys, anybody set a goal this year for physical fitness, all right? Going to the gym every single day, right? Five hours a day because I'm going to get fit. Well, that's typically what people say. Like, I'm going to get fit, so I need to be at the gym every single day for this. Well, the reason gyms are empty in February because they try to go five days in a row for five hours and realize that's not sustainable and that's not even actionable. It's not even possible. Well, in life, whenever we try to get fit in any area, it can be overwhelming at first because we only see this big goal and this, this big mountain of, of whatever. Um, it's, it, it's, so we want to say, let's break this down. Let's, let's figure out how to, how to get to that place. You don't just jump there. Uh, you, have to, you have to get there. You have to practice to get to that. Um, one, one of the things that I realized is last year is we're ending up, ending 2016, we're reflecting. We're looking back at the year, trying to remember all the good things, the challenging things, the not so good things, um, and just look, reflecting and talking about those things. Um, one of the things that I begin to realize is my son is 10 years old now. I, I don't know what, when 10 came, but he's 10. It's like he was just a baby. And uh, hey, we have a new baby in the house, right? Where's the baby? Chris and Naomi are here, so welcome. Welcome, baby Amaris. So is she with you there somewhere? Yeah? Cool. I don't see her, but she's there. A new, new, newborn baby. Um, so welcome back. They were watching on, online last week. They're commenting. Uh, it's good to have him back. Um, he, my, my son was just a baby. He was just, we were just that. Like, that's how I see my son sometimes. Like, no, you're not 10. You're still that. But he's 10, which means that I've, I've used uh, potentially half of my, the, the most influential years that I potentially could have in his life, I've used half of them already. That's kind of sobering sometimes. You think like, oh, wow, I really got like – I need to get in gear because I, there's so much more I want to teach him. There's so much more I want him to experience. And sometimes it's a good thing to reflect and you feel – sometimes I feel guilty as a parent. Like I should be doing more. And other times I'm thinking we're doing pretty good. Like he's, he's, a, good, he's a good kid. He's, he's, he's doing well, but I can do more. And I have this, this tension and sometimes I'm really aware of it and other times I'm totally – oblivious to it. I, I, don't, I don't even see it or notice it. Just, I'm doing these things. I gotta, I gotta keep going. Um, new Year's can be like this for us sometimes. We, we have started this new year. We have these goals. We want to accomplish something. And then all those goals, all of a sudden, with all the work and all the family, all the stuff going on, they kind of start getting pushed aside. And we realize, like, man, I'm not much further than I was last year. And at the end of this year, we might say, man, I really didn't even accomplish all the things I wanted to accomplish in 2016. How am I going to accomplish them in 2017? And then guilt sets in, right? Like, man, I'm just not a good person. Where's the cookies? Right? And we go for the cookies, and we want to just, yeah, and, and we feel bad. So that doesn't solve it. We're going to say, what, what will help us with this tension? Being aware of it is, is a starting place, but what would help us with it? Um, I love the Bible because it always answers the questions that we have to life and the tensions that we live with. Um, it always answers them. 
Paul is teaching a, a young pastor named Timothy. It's, it's in, in the book, and it's First Timothy, Second Timothy is a book that he wrote to him to encourage him how to live. And so he's teaching Timothy how to be a pastor, but at the same time, he's teaching him how to be a, a leader, how to be a Christ follower. He, and, and, and through his teaching, he's saying, Timothy, you need to do these things if you're going to be a healthy person. If you're going to become spiritually fit, make sure you're doing these things. And he's leading him on this journey of how how to lead. And at one point, he compares um, being spiritually fit with being physically fit. This is what he says in First Timothy four eight. He says, for physical training is of some value, like it's good, physical training should, should happen, it's going to impact us, and we should be aware of it, how we eat, uh, you know, having exercise is important, but godliness, which we can say spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way. So, so he's saying, but spiritual training trumps physical training, like train, that's like be, be aware of your body, that's important, but spiritual training, is, is, there's value in everything and every way, since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. So he's saying the reason it's so important because physical training, that's only for this life. Spiritual training holds value for not just this life, but also for the life to come. Like there's something more that God's wanting to do here. So he's saying um, you, you need, and he uses the word training, right? Physical training. Now notice he says, doesn't say just get in the ring and, and box the person. He says, no, you've got to train. Spiritual, spiritual, uh, being spiritually fit means you have to train to become that. You don't just become fit overnight. And this is why we get discouraged with our goals a lot of times because we want the goal to happen right away. Well, I went to the gym one time this week. Why aren't I fit? Well, it's a little more than that, right? And so we get discouraged because we don't see the results right away and it doesn't always happen. But if you stick with it, I guarantee you three, three months, four months, five months down the road, you'll begin to see the results. If you're eating healthy, I'm talking about physical fitness. The same is true for spiritual fitness. You know, you might think, well, I still struggle. I still, I still yell. I still get upset. All these things. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying, but I'm still getting all these other things that come out. That's okay. Just keep with it. You'll eventually see that in, those, in that process, God is doing something in your life if you're aware of it. And that's what Paul's saying is be, be in, this, in, this, in this mode of training. Um, you know, we can, we can, a lot of, a lot of times I think the reason we get, we get so frustrated is because we try to do something that we're not ready for. And it's, it's, it's about trying out of willpower, out of our own strength. Uh, they, they did a, a study to find out, um, they were trying to test like what, uh, how, how people respond to different, different things. And so they brought these, these, these test subjects, people into this, into these two rooms and they said, there's these two bowls. One bowl is full of cookies, and the other bowl is full of horseradish, all right? Or not horseradish, um, just radish, radish. And so cookies and radish. So one group, they said, you can eat this bowl, just don't touch that bowl. Like, that's off limits, all right? The next group, they said, you can have as much of this bowl as you want, radish, right? Who wants some radish, right? Yeah. Have as much of this as you want, but don't eat this. And so the group knew they were in there for this study, so they're both thinking, I can overcome like, you know, the cookie people are like, cookies all day, no problem. That's not, it's not hard to say no to that. But the people that had the radishes, they were thinking, man, that's really difficult. Like, those look way better than these. And so they ate a few, and I'm sure they didn't really enjoy them all that much because, you know, they're, they're having this. But they wanted to pass the test. They refrained, and they said, no, I, I got willpower. I got self-control. I'm going to prove to these um, psychos, <laughs> psychologists, um, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm going to prove to these guys that I have what it takes. But that really wasn't the test. They thought it was a test of, of self-control, and they thought they passed. They said, well, hey, you guys did great in that test. Uh, would you come to this room now? We have a, a little um, problem we want you to solve. Um, it, it's relatively easy. It shouldn't take you that long, and, and we want you to, to solve it. So that, so that was this is the real test. That wasn't the test. This is the real test. So after going through this process of not eating or eating the thing they really didn't want to eat, they go to this room, and they start doing this test. And the group that had to um, to refrain from eating the cookies – 
when they got to this problem, and it really was an unsolvable problem, they lied to them, all right? And, and it wasn't an easy problem. It was You couldn't solve it. The group that ate radishes, they went for eight minutes trying to solve it, and they gave up. They were frustrated. The group that ate cookies went for, guess how long? Okay, I'll tell you, 20 minutes, all right? They went for 20 minutes, which is more than double the other group, and they finally realized, like, I can't solve it. But they were a little happier, and it wasn't as, as, as challenging. And the reason they found is this. This was the study. They wanted to know how much self-control, how much willpower does a person really have. And, and what they found is there, there's a limit to us. Like when we're trying to do things, there's a limit. And, and the reason was because the, the group that, that resisted the radish, that didn't take a lot of self-control. So when they had the test time, they had more reserve to be able to go longer on something difficult. Does that make sense? And the group that had to resist the cookies, they used up a lot of their willpower or self-control. So when it came time to the test, they weren't able to do it. The difference was here is, is, is one group is trying by willpower to accomplish this. And sometimes when we face things in life, we try just through sheer strength and willpower to overcome. Like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome it. But there's a big difference between trying something and training for something. Here's, here's the difference. The, the difference between um, training, and, training for something and doing something, it's like this. If you want to run, let's say you have a goal to become an ultra marathon runner, right? These are like really long races, 100 miles or more at a time. So that's your goal. Like I want to become an ultra marathon runner. I'm going to run these long periods of time. Well, nobody gets on the starting line and begins to run 100 miles, right? Well, for one, they won't make it. And they, might, they might die. They might get stuck on the side or whatever. They don't, you don't do that. You don't, you don't try to become an ultra-marathon runner overnight. You have to train to become an ultra-marathon runner. So if you haven't run 10 miles, why would you think you could run 100 miles? The person that runs 100 miles, the only reason they can is because at some point they ran 1, and then 2, and then 10, and then some point 50. Are you tracking with me? And they were, the reason they got to 100 because they were training to get to 100 miles. They just didn't try out of willpower to say, I'm going to do this. Um, they, they began to train for it. You know, my kids, we have four kids, and not a single one of our kids came out walking, all right? Like, they didn't just show up like this little per- person walking. It, it was a pro- they were a little baby, and then there was this process of, of them growing and having to crawl. And then when they started walking, not a single one of my kids, they all failed. They couldn't walk. They all would fall down over and over. I'm like, come on, just walk. And they would fall down. And, and what was interesting is when they would fall down, we didn't say, hey, good job, failure, right? Like, you just failed. Like, you're trying to walk? You couldn't even walk. You fell down. No, they would get up and fall down. What would we do? Yeah, good try, good try, do it again. And they would get up and they'd fall down again. And, and sometimes this went on for weeks, right? These, these kids trying to, and they get it for a while and they topple over and fall, hit their head and cry. And you're like, good job, keep going. And we're cheering that they're hitting their head and crying, you know? Okay, maybe not hitting their head, but, you know, you get the point. We're cheering them on and saying, you can, you can do this. It's, it, you're, you're, it's a process, you know? But, but something happens as we mature, we get older. All of a sudden, you know, as, a, as, as we understand for, for the, the process for a kid to learn things, they have to fall down sometimes and bump, bump themselves and cry and get hurt. But we encourage them to get back up. But then when we become adults, for some reason in our mind, we think we have to do it right away. And then when we fall down or we, we mess up, in some cases even fail at something, we think we're not any good because we didn't do it. And so we try and we try and we try and then we give up because we couldn't do it. You know, so we talk about reading the Bible. You know, 
at times I feel guilty for not reading the Bible enough. I, I get that feeling sometimes. So being the year comes, we think, i got to read the Bible this year. So what we do, we try to read through the whole Bible. And then at some point, we're like the people that are eating the radishes. We run out of willpower, and, and we're trying to do something that we're really not ready for. We get frustrated, and then we give up. And then what happens? All the guilt comes back because we were trying to do something that we, didn't, we weren't ready for. Where the answer is not trying, but it's training. It's training to become that. Our kids are training to become walkers. They don't just become walkers. And then they don't just become runners. They're training. They're in a process of learning and growing. What if 2017, what if we all approached it that way and said, you know, this year is a training year. Like this week, I might fall down because I'm going to try something. But when I fall down, I'm going to get back up. See, sometimes what happens is we associate our, our fall when we fall with failure. You know, and then what we think is we take on the word for ourselves, I'm a failure. no. You know, so, okay, maybe your marriage failed. That doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means something you're a part of failed. Maybe, maybe something else failed in your life or something is failing. That doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that part of your life is not working. The only real failure is a person that, that falls and stays down and doesn't get up again. That's the, only, that's the only when failure is failure, when it's final, when it's ultimate failure is when we don't get up again. But as long as we continue to get up and say, you know what, I didn't like that. That wasn't any fun, but I'm going to try again. And I'm going to try again. I'm going to, I'm going to keep training to accomplish this. And we, we, we embrace the process rather than just trying to, to overcome it. You know, this last year, uh, we, we had a show a picture of this. One of the, my highlights of the year was riding my bike with uh, my son for 100 miles. It was great. The 100 miles, that's like the second, second thing. You know, last week we talked about first and second things. So we did 100 miles together. But that was just the second thing. That's like the result. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. The first thing was we just had to start training. We had to do something. I do this bike ride for a few reasons. There's multiple benefits to it. Um, but one of the reasons I do, one reason I sign up every year is because it does a lot of good. We raise a lot of money to help a lot of disaster relief and kids get uh, drinking, clean drinking water. It, it's, just, it's a great fundraiser. The last five years, our team has raised over $200,000. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. We can celebrate that. About a third of that is connected directly to the Grove people and writers, which is, I think is awesome. That's huge. And so we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And so there's all these benefits to it. Um, but if you look at just the, the results and the benefits, those are secondary things. The first thing is this. You have to get on the computer and put your name in and say, my name is Eric. I'm signing up for this ride. It's on this date. And then you sign, you sign up for it and you realize, oh, wow, now I have a date. I have a time. I have a goal of what I'm supposed to accomplish and then we work backwards, right? And then we say, okay, now I'm five months, six months away. I need to start training. Um, and then you begin the process of training. I don't just jump on my bike and ride 500 miles. No. And, and in fact, my first ride in, in May or when my arm's up, April or May, um, I don't like riding outside in the cold. I don't enjoy it. Some people do. But when I get back on the bike in April, May, I go for like five miles and I'm out of breath and it's really hard. I'm like, Eric, you just rode 500 miles. Yeah, but this five miles is harder than that 500 because I just barely got on the bike after all the Christmas and all that, New Year and stuff, you know, and it's hard. Um, and so it, the first ride doesn't get me to that. It's, it's, I have to begin the training process. And then every year, it's not like all of a sudden I'm in shape and I just got to do this. I have to train to accomplish this every single year. Uh, it's, a, it's a process. You train for it. One of my goals every year is try to recruit new team, new riders, so that we can earn, do more good in the world. We want to make a bigger dent in our world. We want to make a greater contribution. So I recruit riders, and usually people say, "I can't ride 500 miles." And I'm like, "Yeah, you could, but okay, let's not talk about 500 miles. Let's talk about one day. Let's just ride for one day with me, 100 miles. I can't ride 100 miles. Yeah, you could, but okay, let's just do this. Let's go for a bike ride. You're like, "Why well, can't I can't ride 100 miles? I know we'll go for let's go for 10 miles." 
And so I talked them into going for 10 miles. I talked them into sign up for one day. Uh, once they sign up, then I have them walk, you know, because I'm like, hey, you signed up. There's the date. Let's start training. But here's the thing. I never take them over a 10-mile ride the first time. I take them for a shorter ride, and, and usually I'm just at, as out of shape as they are. So that I, I'm like, don't feel bad. I'm breathing just as hard as you. It's just as hard for me. It's okay. And usually they're like, that wasn't that fun. That was a lot of work. I can't imagine doing this for another 10, you know, another 90 miles. It's crazy. And so let's try it again. Next time we ride, you know, another 10 miles or less. And, wow, that was a little easier than the last time. That's interesting. It got a little easier. Yeah, it is a little easier. Hey, next ride, let's go a little more, like 15 or 20. And, and then you don't tell them you're going to go a little more. You push them, whatever. And you, and you ride. And little by little, what happens after a while, they're riding 40, 50 miles. And, and they're actually enjoying it. And they're like, wow, this is enjoyable. I'm getting exercise. I'm, I'm, I'm riding. And I'm having, we're able to talk. We got all these benefits. And it's kind of like a way to, 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 to trick them into riding with me. All right? And it works every time. And, and this is the reason we raise so much money is because we were, all, our, all our strategy is to let's recruit people, let's get them in. We can build relationships, we can have fun. So just, you know, Bike for Light is coming in September. And if you want to ride with us, we would love to have you ride with us, all right? Let's go for a ride. We'll go like five miles, all right? You can do it. Um, but as we do this with my son, the same thing. He was, he was training with me. We, we trained for it. We just didn't show up and do it. The problem is when, when people show up and try to do something they're not ready for, it, it hurts them. They get frustrated and they quit and they give up because they weren't ready for it. But when you train for something, that's a lot different. So here's, here's the thing. We had to stop trying to just become somebody or do something and start training to do that thing. And what we realize is in the process of training, we're actually being prepared to accomplish those things. You know, when, when kids fall, we say, it's okay if you fall. Just get back up and keep trying. So in life, why can't we tell that self this week, ourself that this week? All right, so you fell down. You didn't, you didn't accomplish the things you wanted in 2016. Dust yourself off. Get up. Let's go at it again. Let's try it again. Just, just keep going. Don't, don't quit. That's what training is all about. It's, about. it's about falling down. It's about not succeeding every time. But you're, you always keep it in, in focus in mind that you're, you're, you're learning something. You're, you're moving. Um, Paul, goes on, Paul goes on to say, say this. He says in, in, to the Corinthian church in, Corinthian, in Corinth, he says, um, in 924, 1 Corinthians 924 says, don't, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So remember, he's, he's comparing spiritual things to a physical thing, a race. He said, don't you realize that everyone, they, they run, but only one gets a, gets a prize? So run to win. Like, if you're going to do this, do it with all that you have. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Remember, training is a key part to this. They don't just show up and do the race. They train for the race. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. Paul's saying, so I'm, I'm doing this. I'm training. I'm in training also. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just going through the motions. I'm actually disciplining my body like an athlete, training to do what it should do. Training. He used that word over and over, training. Why? He's not saying I'm trying to become that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm training to do that. I'm preparing for that so that when, when 2017 ends, we realize I'm ready to ride 500 miles because I trained for it or 100 miles or whatever. I'm ready to read my Bible the whole year because I've been training for it. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might, might be disqualified myself. So he's saying I'm in this process. It's a process that I'm continually working on who I'm supposed to become and be. It's not about trying. It's about training. Wouldn't that help us in life if we begin to see that this week? Like things that you're doing, or you're just training for the future. Um, here, here's the thing with, with I think that keeps us is when you're forced to do something, it's really difficult. Um, 
for example, they, they did a study. They're trying to find out what, what it takes for people to quit smoking t- uh, cigarettes, tobacco, you know, highly addictive. And they found this one segment of uh, people that were trying to quit, could quit really fast. It was pregnant moms. M- women who were trying to quit for a long time and they couldn't, as soon as they got pregnant, overnight, they were able just to cut it out and quit very quickly. And they, they found out the reason was because it was easy to say no to this thing they wanted, this substance, this, the thing they're addicted to, for something that was a greater it was because they didn't have to quit. You know, they had this before the baby, but they were pregnant. They had this sense of, I have to quit. I need to quit. It's, 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 I have to, I have to, I have to. And then all of a sudden, the baby, they're like, oh, I'm pregnant. Well, I choose to quit. And it was a choice, not just a have to. They weren't, they weren't forced to do this. It was a choice they made. And that was the difference in them quitting overnight is because it was a choice. Here's the thing in life. You don't have to. You get to do things. You don't have to. It's a choice. Life's a choice. You don't have to wash dishes. You get to wash dishes. How many, how many need, need that today? Have some dishes at home waiting for you? You don't have to. You get to. The fact that you're washing dishes is a really good thing. That means you ate food. If you have a lot of dishes, that means you fed a lot of people who ate a lot of food. That, that is good news. I'm just telling you that. It, that's a good thing. You know, There are people that don't have any dishes to wash because they don't have any food to eat. So you don't have to. You get to it's a choice you don't have to go to work you get to go to work and if you can reframe the things that you face during your week i promise they'll become more enjoyable and better you don't have to you get to why because in getting to you're providing for your family you're providing you're being able to save for the future you're able to make a difference you're able to impact somebody at work because it's not an accident that you're working where you are even if it's difficult it's not an accident you can impact somebody you can make you can make a difference in somebody's life you don't have to work. You get to work. Say that with me. Say, I don't have to. I get to. This week, you get to. There's going to be a lot of things that you get to. It might feel like you have to, and, and I, I get it. There are things you have to do, but if you will reframe it and saying, you know what? I don't have to change my, di- my baby's diaper. I get to change my da- baby's diaper, right? Yeah, I change my baby's diaper a lot, just so you know, because um, I get to. It's not a, it's not because if soon they're going to be 20, and I'm going to be saying, I wish I could change my baby's diaper. <laughs> Where'd the time go? Right? I get to. Why don't you enjoy it while it's there? Um, you get to. You don't have to go to school. You get to go to school. You get to, have an educa- to be able to have an education to prepare for something in the future. Because the truth is you're preparing for something in the future. And when you get to do something, you'll take more advantage of that because you realize, I am right now training for something that's in the future. I don't have to. I get to do this. I'm preparing for something that's in the future. Last week, we said that in the the teaching, the wise and the foolish builder, I'm going to read this again. But in Matthew 7, Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Oh, before before, uh, I move in on this, when when, when you get to and you have to, uh, every Sunday, we give you a challenge. All right. We want you to do something. Like, I want you to, and you should, you need to do these things. It's, it's the reason that, that, you know, I've spent time to prepare, but I don't want you to feel like you have to. And I never put that on you, like, you have to do this. No, you should want to do this. You get to do this. It's a choice that you have. Because it, when you feel like you have to do something, you typically re, re, um, resist it, and you don't want to do it because, well, I have to. But when you choose it for yourself, like this week, I'm going to choose to do that because that's important. You follow through with it more. And in his teaching, Jesus is saying, anyone listens to my teaching, so get this, listens and then follows it. So the person that hears the teaching and then does it is like a a person who builds a house on a solid rock. 
Though the rains come and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on solid foundation, on a bedrock. When someone comes and hears his teaching, he says. So last week was about that prayer and prayer and, and reading our Bible. That's about us hearing God's teaching. How we know his teachings? Well, you come to church, that's one way we help with that. But another way is to read his, his teachings yourself. When you, when you read them, when you hear them, and the person that then does something with it is the wise person. He goes on and says this. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, he is foolish. That person that hears and says, well, that was a nice idea, that's good. I, I don't, I don't, it feels like I have to do that. I don't want to do that. That person is foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. See, the comparison here is there's a wise person, there's a foolish person. We made some comparisons last week about it, right? Both of them had the storms in their life came. The person that was prepared, the person that wasn't prepared, they both had storms of life. The difference was the wise person heard it and did something about it. The foolish person just said, next year, you know, next year. And, and maybe even they, they, they focus on the wrong thing because I think, I think the structure is a secondary thing. First thing is the foundation. There were, that's more about training. That's about starting to do something. You know, for, for Bike Flight, when I start by putting my name, that's, that's where I start the whole process. And then I begin to train upon that and build and then after 500 miles, it's like people are like, that is so awesome. 500 miles, they see the end result. But they didn't, a lot of times they forget there's a lot of other things that you didn't see that were put into practice when, when the storm hit. One of the things when it comes to reading the Bible, which we challenge you to be, if you're going to become spiritually fit, prayer is important. Reading the Bible is important. Um, one of the things you have to learn, learn to do is to own it. Um, psychologists call this like inter, uh, internalization. Like it has to become your idea. Owning it means it's no longer what you read, but it's something you're doing, you're living. It's something that's inside of you. Like it's, it's now in you. My kids, I want, I want them to learn to internalize the things that I'm teaching them. Why? Because when, when, they, when they learn that, even when I'm not present, they'll do those things because it's not just dad's idea, but it's something they've learned and they've hung on to for themselves. That's God's heart for us. He wants us to internalize, take it in, to own it. Um, we say this a lot. Healthy people do healthy things. Key word is do. Healthy people, they're doing. There's action associated with it. They do healthy things. The first time I said this quote, I, quote, I quoted the person that said it to me. So Pastor Carl, one of my mentors, I said, Carl says healthy people do healthy things. And then a few times later, it's like, you know, I've heard people say healthy people do healthy things. And then after like five or six times, you know, I always say healthy people do healthy things. What happened there? I internalized it. I owned it. That idea was no longer his, although it originated from him. It is now mine. And we say it so much here, it is now ours. Healthy people do healthy things. The reason they're healthy is because they're doing healthy things. The reason it comes out is because I've, I've internalized that, taken it in. That's, the, that's the, what God wants us to do with like the wise person. Here's his teaching and does it. He's saying it's the person that takes it in and says, I'm going to practice this. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm going to practice this. I'm not going to try to over, overnight be, have, a, have a house built on a solid rock. I'm going to practice to become that person. I'm going to work on it. Isn't it interesting that, that we would say that? Hey, this week, would you practice what you've learned? Would you take it and do something with it? Practice what you've learned. So when it comes to prayer and Bible study, how can you this week practice those things? Because I, I, I promise the reason we don't do it is because we're trying to do something we're not supposed to do yet. But if you practice that, you'll become that. You know, I, I don't uh, just overcome. When, it, when I remember the first time I, I spoke publicly to adults. I had three, four pages of notes ready to teach them all I knew about the Bible. And uh, I was a teenager. And after five minutes, I went through all my notes really quickly, and I was done. And I had nothing else to say. And I awkwardly said, 
That's all I got to say. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. And then I walked off. And it was really weird. Um, that was the first time. If you look back at that, it would be like a kid falling down, trying to walk, and kept falling down. But the thing is, somebody encouraged me and says, hey, just keep doing it. It's okay. Just keep doing it. You're training for something in the future. And the reason I could do it today is because I'm training. And hopefully, if I continue on this path I'm going, in 10 years, this is only going to appear and seem like the five-minute talk that I gave when I was a teenager because I'm training for something more. What are you training for? This year, what are you training for? You know, we gave some different tools on our website. Uh, we start the year off by saying you should, you should try to set some time aside for prayer and for fasting, um, which is discipline. I would encourage you to go read it. So our website, if you go to uh, thegrovesanctify.com uh, forward slash 21 dash days, there's some resources that will teach you about fasting and prayer and help you on this journey. Um, if you haven't done that yet, I would encourage you to go, go learn and read about that. You don't have to. You get to. I would encourage you to start your year off by saying, this is important. God, I want to become spiritually fit, so help me to do this. Uh, my, wife, my, my wife, we're talking about this message, and she said this about 2016 and previous years. She says, 2015 was preparing me for 2016, and 2017 will be preparing me for something in 2019. It's, we're always in process for something more. And if we see life in that way, it's, it's about training. What are you training for this year that in, not, in, not necessarily next year, but even the year after that you'll be doing and accomplishing. If you're training and you see yourself in process, one day you'll wake up and realize, oh, wow, I just ran 100 miles and it wasn't that hard because you were training for it. Oh, wow, I, I, read, I, read, I prayed for 10 minutes and it, it was actually really enjoyable because you trained to get to that place where you learned and became that. So the best time to train is not, not the day of the event, but weeks and months before the event. There's going to be events that are going to come. There's going to be storms that will come. The best time to train for those things is now. It's tomorrow. It's when you wake up. The wise person is the one that hears his teachings, puts it into practice, right, and begins to train and do those things. It's practice. We even say it. Put it into practice. What is practice? It's trying something out. You know, as a, you're, you're training, you're learning, you're growing. Put it into practice. And the person that does that is like the wise person building his life on a solid foundation. So that one day when the storms come, it happens. You know the story of David and Goliath in the Bible? David didn't just fight a giant overnight. And like all of a sudden showed up and he beat this giant. It's a great story. We, we think of that. But if you read the whole story, you realize he was being trained for something great. And in the process of him facing these little battles, God was building him up to face a really big battle. And then when it was time to do that, he was able to overcome very easy because he was training for that day. He was getting there. So this is my challenge for you. Train for what's ahead. Stop trying. Stop trying to be those things and just start training to be those things. Stop trying to become something too, that you're not ready for. Stop trying to walk in somebody's shoes that you have not trained to walk in those shoes yet. Because the truth is, you'll get frustrated. Other people get frustrated because you're not ready for it. But if you train, you'll become the person that can walk in those and help others on this process. So pray. pray. Put that discipline in your life. Read. Put that discipline in your life. Don't complicate it. Start where you can. Do something you can today. Uh, I love my, my phone. I have the Bible app. It's called the YouVersion. Um, every day it gives you. So maybe reading a whole chapter is really hard. Um, if you go, go to the app, there's a, um, a verse of the day. Today's is First Peter 2.9. Um, hey, it just gave me a verse for today. What does it mean? I, I can read it. I can think about it. I can read it in different translations. Uh, I could drive. One of the guys uh, this week, uh, he told me on his... Uh, 
he, he said, thanks for reminding me that I can listen to the Bible. He said, I just listened a few hours of the Bible this, today. That's cool. He just, you push play, and, and it starts reading the Bible to you, so you can be working or driving, and you can be listening, getting it in. Do what you can, and stop, stop trying to do something you can't. Just train. Do something that you can. Um, build your life on a solid foundation, and you do this by accomplishing the things you can today. Not waiting, not pushing it down the road, but doing it today. You know, as a pastor, um, I, have, I, I have this gift that God's given. Um, sometimes it feels like a curse, but it's, it, I, I choose to see it as a gift. Um, leading up to the end of the year and into the beginning of the year, um, it was a very interesting few weeks, all right? Um, we, we, um, I got a phone call a week before Christmas um, from, from a couple in our church that says, my, my fiancé has been shot. He's in the hospital. And uh, they, they call me late at night. I go and I visit. Um, pray with a, a, a young man. Uh, he's actually here today and tells the story a little bit. And um, we, we, I went to the hospital and, and uh, not sure what was going to happen. They had him sedated, uh, shot multiple times. Uh, in all accounts, he should be dead, uh, but he wasn't. He was alive, and they had him sedated and had to do more surgeries, multiple surgeries. So I go the night, the night after that I found out, and I'm there with him and after his first few surgeries and pray with him and talk with the family, comfort the family. And, and, then, and then not knowing, like, it's possible he could die. Like, it's, it's, it's very possible. It was, his body went through a lot of trauma. Um, and, and, and just going that whole process, praying, not sure what's going to happen. So um, later that week, uh, just back and forth conversations, learning more about the, the details of what's going on. Um, that week, uh, we have a baby in our church that's born. We have new life that, that comes. I get to go hold this little baby. Um, the next week, get a phone call from another person in our church uh, that recently started coming, had a brain aneurysm on Christmas Eve. Uh, was in the hospital. Um, the guy that shot Sam, he's he's um, he's beginning to recover right at this point. Um, so I go to visit him, and I'm with them celebrating like this is amazing. You're you're trying to walk. You shouldn't be trying to walk yet, but this is awesome. You're alive still, and um, and and just celebrating with him that he's alive. And then walking down the hall to another family who is crying because um, their mom might not make it. Uh, she starts showing progress. Seems like okay, she's going to pull through and and all this and. Um, and, and then that whole process of waiting, seeing what's going to happen. Um, so it's, it's, I leave one room from celebration and joy to another room of sorrow and, 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 and unknown. Um, later that week, another family in our, in our church has a baby and uh, go to the hospital and see this brand-new baby. I'm holding a new life. Um, and then I go back to the hospital to visit a lady just to pray for her again, um, find, out, find out a few minutes before last Sunday's sermon, uh, that her, her brain stopped working, and their family says, please, please play, pray uh, as for us to have strength to say bye to our mom as, as uh, they're taking her off the machines. Um, and then, and then I, I get news from Sam saying, I'm getting released from the hospital this week. And I'm like, what? It's only been three weeks. You were shot, all right? A whole bunch of times with, uh, with a gun next to you that in all accounts you shouldn't be here and you're, you're alive. Um, and so it's like this, this roller coaster. And he tells me these stories of how God, what God is speaking to him in this process. It's amazing. Like, man, Sam, God has some big plans. For, I don't know where you're at, Sam, but God has some big plans for your life. First row behind Sam. Sam. Yeah, there's Sam. So proud of you, man. Um, and, and it's, yeah, we can clap for Sam. I'm going to try to get him, get, interview him and see, have him share a story. And uh, he's alive. He's alive. Sam doesn't have to do life. He gets to do life. And that means something more to Sam than most of us. He doesn't have to. He gets to now. And, and, and I hope, this is what I, what I hope, is 2017 could be that kind of year where we wake up and say, we don't have to, we get to. And it's quite possible that 2017 could be your last year. 
And what if it was your last year? What then? What are you going to focus on? What are you going to do? And that's next week's topic we'll talk about. It's literally walking from one hallway into the next, from pain to joy, from life to death. And in the middle of it, I see my frailty. I see my humanity. I see that I'm just, I could be those people at any moment. And in that, you know, it, it's a, the reason I say it's a gift because um, I'm seeing both. I'm seeing life. I'm seeing death. I'm seeing recovery. I'm seeing process. It reminds me that life is more than just what I eat and just what I enjoy and just things that I have in front of me. It's so much more. And it gives me a bigger perspective. It helps me to see that there's something more going on. And I have more confidence as I go through these because I know in my life that I'm building my life on a solid foundation. That I don't have to fear when something difficult comes. I'm ready for it. No matter what it is, I'm saying, God, I trust you for whatever comes. Why? Because I've been training for years to be able to face those things. Is it still hard? Yes. It's still hard to say goodbye to somebody and to pray with a family that's mourning that their mom was lost. But here's the great thing. Their daughter told me, um, because she's recent to our church, she says, I'm so thankful for your church because my mom for 28 years has been looking for a church. She started going to yours and said, it just felt like home. Um, and in the process of me, I've been talking with her the last few months. Um, she, she committed everything back to God. So I'm going to trust God in everything. Um, and, and, and she came the week we were talking about finances and all that. And that was her big challenge. She said, you know, I learned this as a kid and I want to start doing this. And she began to sow into the grove. And her daughter said, we're so grateful for your church because she found a church where she can belong. And she, and she made peace with God. And for me, that was so um, comforting because I knew that as, as she passes, she, 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 she said, I want to build my life on that foundation. And the investment she made into the church, into the grove, I guarantee you in heaven, she's saying, I wish I'd done more of that because we're reaching people that need to be reached. We're doing good for people. I guarantee you in heaven right now, she's saying, I wish I'd have done more of those things because it's easy to get focused on all these other things. Here's my point in all this. All right, if you're here today, and maybe you've, you've lost perspective. Maybe you're having to do life. You have to wake up. And, and you're numb to it. And, and it's difficult. Um, I would say ask God to help you with that. Help him to, ask him to teach you to, have, to get to do things. Um, that, that's the first part. I, I encourage you just take care of that. But the more important thing is this. If you're here today um, and you haven't built your life on a solid foundation, you know what I'm talking about. Because when storms hit, everything goes to chaos. Everything crashes around. And, and, and you've come today, the reason you've come today is so I can tell you, stop building your life on sand and start building your life on something solid. There's a reason God's word has lasted for thousands of years. Like people have tried to destroy it and burn it and stamp it out and it just keeps growing and it keeps growing and the church keeps going moving forward. Why? Because it works. It works. If you'll build your life on the teachings that the Bible tells us, Jesus' teachings, you'll have a solid life that won't crash when the storms come you'll have peace and so if you're here today and you're you know that you haven't built your life on solid foundation you don't have a relationship with god if 2017 was your last year you'd probably have more regrets than anything can i tell you today can that can change in fact this is what Romans says paul says in romans 10 9 he says if you openly declare that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so if you declare that Jesus is God and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's about faith, saying, I believe there's a God. I believe he died for me. I believe he's alive today and I believe he has plans for my life. 
When you declare that, you're, you're, you're saved. Because it's, it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you were saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's people in this room today that need to call on God. And it would be my privilege to be able to say, can I lead you in a, in, a, in a prayer that would begin relationship with God? God, I want to build my life on something solid. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today. If you're here and you know it, because the whole time I've been talking, there's something that's been saying, you need this today. You need to do something with this. And as I talk about life and death, and as you face and ask those questions, if this was my last year, if this was my last week, if this was my last day, what are those things that I need to make right with God? And I would say, you don't have to, you get to today. Let's start training to be those people. If you're here today and you'd like to, to acknowledge and admit that you, you need that, you need God, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand? I won't call you to the front. I'll lead you in a prayer right in your seat. If that's you, I need my life to be built on something solid. I'm tired of it falling down all the time when crashing all the time. Awesome. A lot of hands. Anybody else? Awesome. See those hands? For you that raise your hand, would you just say this prayer with me? It's the first step is just inviting God. Um, if you're here with us, you're a Christ follower, would you, would you join us in praying so they're not praying alone? Would you say, Father, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. Please come into my life. Create in me a new heart. Make me a new person. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today. I call upon you for salvation and for help. I put my trust in you today. Help me to build my life on a solid foundation. Your word, your teachings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.